0: I am Linda and I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter and we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without
1: further ado, let's get get relational. Hi, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we're going to talk about holding it lightly. It's a great topic for today. So one of the things we want to ask you about is are you really being run by what you think a relationship is supposed to be? So there are lots of ways to do relationships. Romantic relationships, parent-child relationships, friend relationships. There are people that have been married for years but don't live together. There are people who are married live together but don't live in the same bedrooms. There are people who are friends that only see each other once every 20 years but every time they see each other it's like nothing ever happened. So the question really is to look at what are you being run by in your expectations of what a relationship is supposed to be and are you being very heavy about it like oh it should be like this or you're holding it lightly and really paying attention to what feels good
0: yeah like uh there's a sense of what are the actions that you're taking in trying to think about like oh this should be this way this should be this way this person should be doing this I should be doing this. The shoulds, yeah. The shoulds. The shoulds are dangerous territory. <laughs> um, so, so it's just important to be aware of maybe what influence you've had to make you think that a relationship should be some way. Because really, it's the, a relationship is about the two people that are in it, or you know, the, any number of people that are in the relationship. Um, But like within the connection, it's about the people who are within the connection. So what works best for the two of you? It may not be if you're in a romantic relationship. It may not be what you typically see in the media for like so dramatic and like oh my god I love you. Um, But you know it might be much more um, quieter in in this sort of dramatic acts of romanticness. You know it's just. Uh, everyday things that you're doing for each other kind of deal. Or even with um, your friends, you might have, uh, it's not so much like really crazy or going out and partying, you're always having fun or something. You might just have friends that you're just chilling at home with, like playing video games, watching TV, playing board games, you know, whatever it is that you do with your friends. Like it doesn't have to be any certain way. And sometimes even in like, even in my current, relationships and in a past relationship I was like oh there's a way that it's supposed to be and it's just like wait a second why am I thinking that it's supposed to be a certain way why why do I think it needs to be a certain way is it because some of how other people might judge me for how I'm handling the relationship for how I'm handling the friendship you know like what like you know you also have to look at is it because there you think that other people are going to judge you for what you're doing in that and think what you're doing is wrong and what. It's not expected and not acceptable. Um, (laughs) So,
1: yeah, I think it's really important to look at um, where you're holding on tight to your image of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And um, if you're a parent and creating a relationship with your child, that's a little bit different. You are trying to mold it into a certain kind of relationship. And I really understand that and support that. I certainly did that in Raising Sarah. There was a certain level of openness I wanted. I really wanted her to feel secure when she was a baby. If she cried, even if people said, no, I got her. It's all right. I can calm her down. I'm like, Nope. You know, as soon as my child feels like she's not secure where she is, I'm going to have her with me because that's how I helped her get a really strong base and uh, self soothing and security, you know, for, by being able to know that if she was uncomfortable, someone was coming to her rescue. Now, these are certainly the pre verbal times. You know, as she got a little bit older and started being a little more dramatic and practicing her crying in front of a mirror, we had a whole different uh, relationship around all of that. Um, but it's it's the sense of holding it lightly. And I love mm-hmm. what you said about, you know, are you doing it because you, somebody told you you should? Are you doing it because a parent told you you should? Uh-huh. Are you doing it because the media told you you should? Yeah. You know, it's like there is so much possibility. And that's the thing I want to talk about today is in holding it lightly, You allow room for possibility, you allow room for growth that wouldn't be possible otherwise. You know, it allows you to open up to see what's really here Mm -hmm. and allows you to look at it from an objective place. If you're you're holding on tightly, you know, like there's somebody you're dating and it's like, oh my gosh, is he going to call? Is he going to call? Does he like me? Does he like me? It's like that you're putting off energy there that isn't very attractive in a lot of ways. Because you're holding on tight to what you think is what you want, mm-hmm. but when you hold that lightly, it's like, wow, really like that person. I hope they call, and um, if they don't, it's yeah. not a reflection on me.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely like holding it lightly. It can can be more seen as more of like a relaxed view of what you think it's supposed to be. Of just like where you're looking at it and thinking, oh, it could be this or it could be that. This way works. This way could also work. I'm willing to see where it goes. Um, and not set in, not wanting to set in stone, like what needs to be happen in a certain way It's just sort of a relaxed take on, um, going about your relationship so that you're not expecting or thinking that any, thinking that any relationship has to fit inside a box. We don't like boxes here. No, we, we don't, we don't like conforming into boxes. It's just not a thing that we like doing personally. We don't like having our friends do that. And in, in. It uh, it can put pressure on you if you feel like you're the one in the box, trying to fit into the box, too, of, like, trying to be something that you're not. And it also could remain the same for the other person. So
1: Yeah, so when you're looking at the relationships in your life that you have currently, whether yeah. it's a romantic relationship or a parent-child relationship, whether it's you looking at your parents or your parents looking at your children, your friends, your siblings, whatever it is, yeah. you know, looking at what is it that I'm trying to do and what am I trying to create by molding it a certain way? And um, am I trying to conform to society's expectations? Do I want? Do I worry that people won't like me, they won't approve of me? You know, I, I spent a lot of my life thinking I needed other people's approval.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it still creeps up on me occasionally. But for the most part, I, um, I can feel disapproval from other people, but I can check in with myself and say, okay, I, is there any of that that I wanna take on it is any of that that I want to change how I'm relating and then I can let it go because my belief is that I hold everything lightly. It's not always easy. There are times when either of us, I know, um, will have a big reaction to something and then both of us have to take a breath and go, hmm, <sighs> you know, what's that about? Is that mm-hmm. because I want something to be different than it is? Um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting something to be different, yeah. but the they, the thing that I, I really want to draw attention to is that time when you want it so badly that you are willing to turn yourself into a pretzel to make it happen, mm-hmm. um, because you feel like somehow if that relationship is a certain way, it's going to define you. I remember for you um, when you were in high school, and I was feeling like more of the parenting had fallen to me mm-hmm. um, that. I was uh, concerned about what people would think if you didn't go right to college. And one of my friends said to me, it may not be right for her to go to college right away. And this friend hadn't gone to college right away. She had gone to college later and then gone on to graduate school. Um, But she said, you need to let it be okay if she doesn't want to go to college right away. And I'm like, no, people will judge me. It will be terrible. And I finally said, this is not my journey. Mm -hmm. And this is not a reflection of me. This is me holding it lightly and allowing her to make her own decisions. Mm-hmm. And that was good for you, I, for me to like let go of that. And yeah. all I did from then on was be able to present possibilities. Yeah. Well, you could go this direction or you could go this direction. Where does it feel like you're more at home?
0: Yeah, which is really great because I ended up going to uh, a fantastic school um, that was like perfect for me in every way. But I wouldn't have really been able to make that decision if she hadn't provided the opportunities to do that while also being aware that if I ultimately decided not to go to college like right away like if that was something that I could do if I wanted to wait if I wanted to work and save up for something like that I had options it wasn't I there wasn't a particular path that I would need to follow
1: yeah and when you look at people um, in, in uh, this decade who have like bought their children's way into college because they yeah. thought that particular college was going to open up so many um, options and doors for them. But they lied. I mean, they were so attached to that outcome that um, they broke the law and, and many of them got charged and went to jail or, or paid fines. And it's like, what what is that teacher child, first of all? Um, And what does that do to your relationship that you were holding on so tightly to what you thought your child needed that you didn't let them make their own decisions and um, have the consequences of their actions? Yeah. If they hadn't been a good student and they hadn't stood out in any way, well, maybe they should go to a a different kind of college. Maybe they would find themselves there. But Mm -hmm. that's one of those examples of where I do think in those situations the parent felt like the child was a reflection of them. Yeah, and uh, I I think that's easy to do. You know, I even now, you know, I look at um, at our relationship, and it's like, all right, am I doing enough to support you in being <laughs> who you are, um, encouraging you, uh, but really ultimately letting you make your own choices mm-hmm. and and not getting um, in your face.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it's so important, especially as being a. A child <laughs> uh, uh, that it's great to have the opportunity in this space to be able to make my own decisions and um, make mistakes and then be able to go to my mom and be like I done goofed please help I need advice <laughs> or um, to even have the relationship where uh, it was funny yesterday <laughs> <laughs> I am a gamer, so I was like looking at the next-gen consoles that are coming out this November, and I saw this really good deal, and I was like talking to my one of my friends about it, and I'm like, wait, I gotta call my mom. <laughs> like, I gotta I gotta talk this to and
1: her. And I know nothing about gaming. No, and no, video no she doesn't. But
0: I wanted, but I wanted to talk through because um, like she has like a better understanding, I think, of like money stuff more than I do at this point. So like I wanted to like discuss with her, but I have the opportunity to talk about that, and I know that she, it's not. Like she could still say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And I could still do it. And like, it wouldn't hurt her feelings. She would just be like, okay, it's your money. You do it. you do with that what you will. Um, yeah. But it, it's stuff like that. We are given the space to really grow, to make mistakes, to figure things out, but also have a fallback option of turning to the, your parent or um, whoever your, uh, you know, your mentor is really in your life um, to be, like, hey, so I did this thing, I goofed, I, or I want some help. Like, what do you think about this? You know, it's great to have a sounding board, especially of someone who is an adultier adult. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm 24, I'm an adult. This is something that my, I joke about actually a lot, but it's just finding someone who, at any stage of life, who has more experience than you. And that's what I mean by an adultier adult. And that's just a funny phrase that I like using to sort of encompass that of being able to have someone that you can turn to that might have more experience so you can just ask questions and you know get feedback so you can you know really navigate your own path without feeling like you're you're being forced in any direction yeah and one of the
1: ways to to check into what's going on for you is to feel like what you're feeling in your body so it when i feel like i'm holding on to something too tightly i feel very contracted my muscles literally feel more contracted in my body And so when I feel that coming on, I can take a breath and allow myself to think about, wow, what's going on here? What am I so attached to? Why is it supposed to be that way? Why am I trying to conform this relationship or this situation? You know, what's going on inside of me that I need to check into? And I think being able to really listen to what the other person is experiencing, Mm -hmm. truly listen, not listening For the sake of figuring out how you're going to respond but truly listening and allow that person to talk we used to joke that when she was in high school and she's a she's a writer so she would be creating these characters and you know is is silver hair better with green eyes or (laughs) would you like this better or that and i'd be cooking dinner and and it was a stage of my life when i was pretty stressed and um i finally i said do you really need me to to listen, like to, to have a response or do you need me to just give you a sounding board that you can talk out loud? She said, Oh,
0: I don't need to hear what you have
1: to say. She said, I just need to talk it out out loud.
0: Yeah. And so if you have someone in your life that you're able to do that with, that's, that's really great. You can do that with your friends. You can do that with your parent. You can do that with siblings. You can do that with anyone in your life to be able just to say, Hey, I just need to talk this out because that works best for my, for my noggin. Um, how, how do I do this? Like, is that okay if I do that with you? You can just say, uh-huh. Sure. That sounds great. Okay, cool. Like that's all you need to say and nod your head. Like to see if you're totally paying attention, but it's just like, some people just need like, uh, just uh, some mild verbal feedback, just be like, ah, yes, this is what I need. And half the time I would just make my own decision anyway, while I was talking out loud with her. So it's just more of just having a presence there was helpful. Yeah, we're we're actually both like that. Yeah, um,
1: we we um we're not looking for advice, but we do like to talk things out. And so w- what I've learned about that is to be totally clear when I'm doing that with people. It's like I don't need advice, mm-hmm. but I need to like talk out what the options are. Um, is that something you can do, or are you an advice giver, a problem solver, a fixer? Um, in which case, I I won't burden you with this because it'll be too hard for you to feel like you were just going to listen. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's really because I was a fixer a lot in my life and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do in the world And it took me a long time to realize that that wasn't my job My job was to be there to be a strong loving presence um, In all of my relationships and I'm not perfect at that. I'm not really good at certain things people who are chronic complainers people who are chronic uh, worriers I'm not gonna be the best person for you to hang out with because I, I'll change the subject. I mean, I'll give you a little space, but I can't do it. It just feels like so contracting to me to constantly be paranoid about what's happening or worried. And, um, I remember my mom was a worrier and, and I finally got to the point where I said, well, what does it get, get you to worry, you know? And it's like, but it was just her life and it's just what, how she was raised. And mm-hmm. and she had some big traumas, you know, her mom died when she was 12 and, and her dad died, um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember how old she was, but I was two. Um, and so, you know, she lost both parents. She raised her little sister. Um, her sister was seven. She had a very different life. She had a lot of responsibility at a very young age. And, and so that's just how she learned to live her life. And um, at the same time, I really learned this sense of unconditional love and caring from her. So it wasn't just that, you know, she was this um, person that worried about everything and all of that. But uh, she had this tremendous capacity for love and, and caring. And that she could hold lightly. And she worked on the things when, you know, there were things that happened in our family that she just didn't understand and didn't feel comfortable with. And she learned how to ask for help. And like, that was a big thing. And so, you know, for you, like if you're looking at places in your life where you've got relationships that are feeling like they're uh, a little more contentious than you like, if you're feeling like um, certain friendships are strained. And I gotta tell you, during COVID, a lot of relationships are strained. Yeah. Whether they're family relationships or friendships or romantic relationships Mm -hmm. or sibling relationships, they're strained. And it's like, it's not helped at all by um, the political season that we're in. It is um, really a challenge for people. And so for me to hold it lightly, when I I have some family members who um, have very opposite uh, political views from me, and I've learned that I can't, I, I, nothing works for me to get, kind of try to get into it with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't post negative things on their Facebook pages, for instance. And when they post negative things on mine, I don't engage with them. I just delete their comments. Um, and it, when it's necessary, if I feel like somebody that is in my life I don't want to let go of, I just unfollow them for a while. And I that for me, that's my way of holding it lightly, that I value the relationship. And where it's possible, I do like to have a conversation about things. But there are some things where people are so far divided that there's no way to do that. Um, I, I have a deep, strong spiritual belief um, and, and a side to me. And there's certain friends of mine, I just don't talk about that very much because they just, they don't get it. And it's like, that's okay. I can have a relationship because I can hold that relationship lightly and get what I get from it. And I don't have to feel like, and we've talked about this in other episodes. I don't have to feel like I have to get every single thing from every single person in my life. Yeah, you know, and it's like I don't get everything in my life from having you as my daughter. You don't get everything from having me as your mom, Um, but we can hold our relationship lightly and say, okay, what is this relationship? Mm -hmm. Where is it great, and where can it be greater? Um, And and that doesn't happen by trying to choke the life out of it.
0: No, there there's a collaboration. On how to work through things and what works best, and also knowing that the relationship can grow and it kind of it will need to change depending on where you're at in your life and where the other people are at in their lives. So it's just a constant communication and just making an effort to check in to see where things are and what's working for people, so that you're both on the same page and so you can keep having the relationship that you want with this person. But and and try to maintain that. And if that needs to change, then it needs to change. But you can at least still have that relationship because you're not, you're not just, it must be this way forever, forever and always, you know, like, so just having the opportunities to have it uh, be moldable is important so that it can change so that if something happens, to so you or the other person, there's something going on that it's not like the relationship is dropped, like you can still like come back and work through it and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and, and that brings us to our final point um, today, which is allowing someone the space to be who they are.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that also means that you're giving yourself the space to be who you are. And I I think that you know, we've talked about this in another episode we did where you talked about capacity, yeah, and, and really understanding what people have the ability to do. And so I have certain friends and family members that I don't expect certain things from. I, you know, that's not who I call if I've got an issue, but there are other ones that um, there's no question that I would call. And uh, so for me, it's about allowing people to to be who they are and then checking in with myself about who they're being in the moment. is Is it jiving with who I am in the moment? So if I'm in a big expansive evolution of my life, I'm probably not going to want to spend as much time with my friends who live a little bit smaller, more contracted, more fearful life. I won't kick them out of my life, but if I want to stay in that expanded place and be of service Mm -hmm. to them where it's possible um, and also to allow in the um, magic that comes from being in that expansive place, then I I have to allow them to be who they are. And um, the big thing for me during COVID has been about not judging it. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. people want to be more isolated than I do. Uh, And what's so interesting to me is we live in a county where things are pretty shut down still. We still don't have indoor dining at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, it's so funny. I I called my brother who lives in Delaware recently and I said, where are you? He said, we're in a restaurant. I said, you're what? You know, (laughs) What do you mean you're in a restaurant? Um, And it's it's funny because you just feel like everybody else is living your life yeah and so what's been really good for me is to reach out beyond the people that is my small sphere because yeah. I, I don't go out a lot and and hang around a lot of people i don't think that's um, a smart thing to do for myself and so what i do is I try to check in with what's going on with people in other parts of the world
0: mm-hmm. and not
1: just the united states but other parts of the world it's like what's it like in italy right now what's it like in ibiza mm-hmm. you know like just really checking in yeah. and then and allowing myself to have the space to be who i am is the biggest gift i can give to myself and honestly i think it's the biggest gift i give to my relationships yeah to be
0: able to show up to a relationship from the get-go of just being like this is me like you know like i'm willing to grow and i'm willing to change as a person and you know if i have because i we all have things to work on right but like if to be able to accept myself as I am and then step into a relationship like that. I'm not going to settle for someone who's like, Oh, I like this part of these parts about you, but not these other parts. And it's like, well, then you're not my person. Move along. Um, like I don't, I don't want to settle for that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to settle for people that are like, you're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo too. Let's be weirdos together. Like, cause I, that's, i I am. And all of my friends are. We're we're happy in being goofballs together. Um, yeah. So it's important to find that acceptance within yourself because that also allows other people to be like, Oh, that's just all of who you are. I can be all of who I am too. And I'll be accepted. Oh my God, this is great. Yeah. There's no greater
1: gift, in mm-hmm. my opinion, than allowing someone to be who they are. And... Um, I think that there's there's some meme that goes around about, you know, the, you have to shine your light bright so the other weirdos know how to find you. you know? and yes! It's, like, it's, it's so perfect. It's like, uh-huh. I, I don't want to be in relationship of any kind with people uh-huh. who want to change me. And I don't want to be in relationship of any kind with people that I feel like I need to change. I just, I, I totally believe in this sense of allowing and this holding it lightly and, and trying to be in a place of um, non-judgment. Mm-hmm. Now we are always judging, we're, we're judging beings. That's what we do, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's about being judgmental and, and, and deciding that somebody's not as good as you or not who they're supposed to be because they behave a certain way. And um, there are certainly people I don't like to hang out with as much. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly people that I won't do one-to-one things with because I just don't have fun doing that. Um, Certainly with many of those people, if they had a problem and they needed my support, yeah, I would be there. But in order to do social things, I I limit what social things I do right now. Uh, So I'm very choosy about who I do it with. And so I've got to feel good because there's so much that feels challenging during these times. Oh, yeah. That I just need to feel good when I'm with people. And there are certain friends of mine that if I say I'm going out and, and doing something in outdoor dining settings, I'll say, do you want to come along? And she's like, oh, them? Yes. Uh, because she feels good with them, and they feel good with her. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to watch. We talked about this the other day. Uh-huh. Um, which of my friends will actively engage with her and have a conversation with her as a person?
0: Yeah. And, and which don't? Yeah, like it's like a person separate from my mom. Like... Yeah. like will and talk to me and we'll have conversations and we'll make funny side comments or something and just being able to develop a relationship that's not directly related to my mom because at this point like i'm still her her kid but i'm an adult child i'm 24 you know like i i am not an adult you're adult but i'm an adult So it's, it's nice to be able to be seen as like, oh, this is this is my friend's child who's also an adult. I can have her adult and engage with her in a manner that is able to develop a friendship of some kind. The, honestly, a lot of her friends feel like my aunts now. They're, yeah. they're very nurturing. They're all very kind people. Um, so it's very nice to also have that support of like my parents' friends um, who care and like w- want to be there and actively engage because then it's just, then it makes me feel like, oh, they, they don't just care about mom, they also care about me. And like, they care about her relationship with me.
1: Yeah, and I and several of my friends love it when Sarah and her friends will come to join parties. That's not happening so much these days, um, but <laughs> it's really fun yeah. to just get different perspectives. And when uh-huh. we played games together, you know, we've done things and it's like, wow, that's really interesting that you think that way. And um, I just really appreciate that opportunity to hear a different way of thinking because I'm not dead. I can change. I can think about things a different way. You know, it's like, so so why not open up to a different way of thinking? It's like I'm yeah. not so ground into this is the way things have to be. Uh-huh. Um, I have certain core principles and, yeah, and that course. sort of thing, right? Yeah. We all do, um, whether we're aware of it or not. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that.
0: I, one of the best feelings in the world really is to be fully accepted for who mm. you are and just know that whatever you do, whatever you say, as goofy or as weird as it is, and like at least on my boat, um, that they're, the person is going to be like, ah, eh, that's just like Sarah, <laughs> like totally like, n- like just like unfazed by whatever happens. And like, and, and this happens a lot with, uh, my friends will all just like do something and I'm like cackling at myself because it's just so ridiculous. And they're just like. That's just Sarah. I've known her for seven <laughs> years. At this point, I expected if she's not acting weird, something's wrong. Um, so it's but it's so it's so it feels so good to just be open and free in that sense of not feeling like you're going to be judged for anything that you're doing, um, in a way that makes you feel like you can't do that or you can't be who you are with particular people. So. So, we want to
1: encourage you to really look at all of your
0: relationships mm-hmm. and think about
1: where you are in terms of trying to mold them to be a certain way. And I'm all in favor of molding them to be a certain way if that way is to be open and accepting, if both of you are on that, oh, that, yeah. that, that trail, right? Um, but really look at, um, examine your intentions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, why are you trying to conform something? Why are you trying to make things be a certain way? And um, is there more lightness that you could bring into that that allows for some some freedom for both people to allow it to move where it needs to go? Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is just as a reminder to allow yourself to give someone else space to be who they are and allow yourself to take space to be who you are Mm -hmm. and find the other weirdos who like you. Yeah. (laughs) So for now, we're going to sign off and Mm -hmm. we send you love.